As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by NFL Network reporter Kayla Burton. Kayla talks about the importance of healthy criticism, shares two incredible life mottos, including when you stop getting better, you're no longer good, women helping women, and so much more. This is a fantastic conversation, so let's get to it. Kayla, thank you so much for joining me for Get My Job. I know we first discussed this, I don't know if it was week 18 last year or the NFC Championship game last season, but so glad we were able to make this work. I'm so happy to be on here. It's an honor. You rock. Uh, I love what you're doing. So I'm sorry it's taken me so long, Uh, but I'm hyped. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. Absolutely. So let's jump on in because I want our listeners to learn all about you. You just do such an incredible job. And I've been so lucky to get to know you as you've been coming up to the Bay Area a number of times in, in training camp and this season. So I want our listeners to get to know you even better. So if you could start by taking us through your professional journey and how you got to the NFL Network. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for starters, I grew up uh, in kind of a sports family. We Mm -hmm. just embraced sports. It was, it was the norm for us. All my, I have a three, three siblings. They all played D one, whatever sports, but my two sisters, I played basketball. I played basketball at Lehigh university. My brother is playing football at Purdue right now. Okay. Um, my parents both played at Northwestern. My dad played football. My mom uh, was a swimmer there. So like sports has always been a part of our family. Uh, my granddad played for the Patriots a long time ago. So uh, we love it to say the least. <laughs> yes. And um, there's also broadcasting in the mix of my family. And I kind of got that experience firsthand. My uncle's in broadcasting. My dad's uh, a sports director in Boston. So I would just go watch. I remember my mom like taking half of the kids, you know, to play soccer or whatever it was growing up. And then my dad would be like, all right, I got the rest of them and would have us sit in his studio and I'd watch him on air. And I remember being like, that seems so cool, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love talking. So I'm like, wow, this actually works hand in hand. Who knew they created a career for talking? (laughs) So um, I got that experience just watching. And when I went to Lehigh to play basketball, I studied journalism there. Um, and really just knew I wanted to get into some type of sports reporting, but there wasn't a direct path necessarily at Lehigh. They have a a phenomenal journalism program. Okay. Um, so I did a lot of print writing and stuff. And I remember, um, I was coming out of my senior year and I didn't really have a 
a highlight reel or, you know, a broadcasting tape. And I was talking to my dad and talking to some other mentors. And I'm like, what do I do? Because I know I want to get into reporting, um, but I don't have anything to really sell myself. And mm-hmm. so my dad said, go get a camera. And he goes, do you know the football coach? And I was like, well, I mean, not like, I, I was like, he's a big time guy. He's like, go get a camera, go knock on the football coach's door. Andy Cohen, I'll never forget him. And uh, he said, ask him if he just has a few min- minutes before practice. And I remember doing that. And that was terrifying to me. I was mm-hmm. like, I can't like, you know, and I have football friends. I'm like, they don't, you know, I don't want to be made fun of. Like, I was just overthinking everything. But I knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teammate grabbed a camera with me and I asked the coach to meet with me ahead of time. And um, I was able to interview him ahead of practice. I remember not even knowing what I was saying. Uh, I was shaking. I was so nervous. I had players that were my friends and I was embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what do I have? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I did that and I was like, okay. So I started to do more of that. I did it with the softball team, the baseball team, and then it became the norm. And I created a reel. Um, after college, I did an internship with a Boston station as well as uh, Boston Celtics as well, which was an amazing experience. But that's when I realized I, I felt as though I needed to learn more. So I applied to the Newhouse program at Syracuse, went to get my master's there. And oh my gosh, did, did that teach me? I ran a lot of basketball. They're called suicides where you're running up and down. I mean, you guys know if you're a sports fan, they're, they're right. like workouts. And I think Newhouse trumped all of that. It was so, <laughs> it was a difficult program, but it taught me so much. And from there, I wanted to do, I wanted to get into sports. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, there was like, you know, half the crew wanted to do news, half the people wanted to do sports, or however that weighed itself out. But I remember we had to land an internship and I was one of the last people to not land anything. And I was embarrassed. I was crying. I had two weeks. To be, I was like, I put in all this work and I haven't landed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was only by the grace of God, there was one opportunity that came my way and someone reached out to me, Jacob Wyckoff. And he goes, Kayla, I, it seems like you want to do sports based on all, all the posts that you have, but um, there is this news opportunity. I know you're more of a sports person, but I think this would be a great experience. Like, let me know what you think. And I didn't really want to do it, but I knew it was the only on-air kind of experience that I would get. There was one opportunity in sports in the MLB, but it wasn't really on-air talent. And I wanted to get on-air practice. So I took the news opportunity and I was like, man, what am I doing in news? Like I had no desire, but let me tell you, I worked at the assignment desk. I was making, which means like I was, you know, calling the fire departments, calling the police departments up at three in the morning. Uh, I was MMJing multi, like taking, you know, the camera being a one man band. Mm-hmm. And 
And for a year and a half, I was just doing that. And we had no sports at our station. And I went to my general manager and I messaged all of the athletic directors, college, high school, universities within the area to pitch the idea of bringing sports back to our community. And he loved it. At first it was declined. And then, you know, he got on board and was like, okay. And so I started doing that. We created a sports segment that's still going on there in Western Massachusetts. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really neat. And I loved it. But it was cool because I got the news background when COVID hit. That was really when I started, you know, up and running with broadcasting. So I had to be creative and find ways. Okay, well, how do I create stories during a pandemic when sports isn't even allowed? But those were kind of the stories. All right, what are kids doing right now to work out, get scholarships? despite there being a pandemic. So it was really neat to see how kids would like go after it. And, and I could tell those stories. So the news background actually came into play. And, um, anyway, I'm, I'm digressing, but NFL network, I, I created a reel and submitted it, sent it to NFL network, as well as some other stations and other places. And, uh, I mixed in my news background, my sports background. I started covering the Patriots out there and the Patriots wanted me to host their show which was such a blessing. Um, and then NFL network said, you know what? We see a lot of potential, a lot of opportunity. We like what we see and, uh, it's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be a big jump, but, uh, by the grace of God, they took me and, and it has been an unbelievable experience. I am so thankful. So that's uh, sorry. I, I went on a whole spiel there, but, uh, yeah, that's how I got to where I am today. And it is, it is a growing experience to say the least. Well, I'm glad that you did go on a whole spiel there because I think it's really important. There were a lot of things that you said that I just want to go back to, especially the idea that you wanted sports and a news opportunity came up and you took it and how invaluable that ended up being for you. And I just, we highlight this a lot on the show because I think a lot of us can be very tunnel vision and this is what we want to do. And this is the opportunity. And there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. But When an opportunity comes your way, it is important to sit back for a second and say, well, maybe it's not exactly what I want, but it will get me the reps. It will get me on camera. It will get me, uh, give me a chance to learn. And I think you are obviously a great example of that. Uh, Thank you. Totally. Tracy. I mean, (laughs) I remember being at this, I wanted to be on air. I I remember signing up for this job. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm going to be on camera the, you know, second week. I'm going to be ready to rock. I wasn't on camera for a year. And you know why? It was because I was not being as efficient at it as I needed to be at the assignment desk. And the assignment desk is just writing the scripts. It's sending out push alerts. And I remember I messed up a push alert. My boss, you know, had a meeting with me and goes, Kayla, before you get on camera, you need to get this part down. And I remember mm-hmm. being so ticked off being like, I, I didn't sign up for it. I didn't say that. But in my head, I was like, what am I doing? But I, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative of her, uh, despite <laughs> not having been at the time necessarily, cause I was mad, but I'm so thankful that I had to ground myself in that work because even now with this jump, I mean, I covered basically just the Patriots and now I have to cover all the 31 other teams. And, you know, that's a big learning curve here mm-hmm. at the network. And I'm so thankful for my bosses and my mentors, Steve Weiss, Sandy Nunez, who's my boss, uh, Todd Sperry, I can go on, Mark Quinzel, of course. Um, but they under they saw something that I didn't see, which was, listen, the first year, you just need to learn. You need to get acclimated. We're going to send you out, but you need to just learn. And I wanted to come in here and say, I'm going to be on, you know, in a month and just hit the ground running. 
And I'm so thankful that they've given me the opportunity to just pace myself. And it kind of reminds me of being back at the assignment desk, just getting Mm -hmm. this part down. And then you can start to roll with the the other parts that you want to be on. So it's a blessing to say the least. So as you've, as you've learned, as you've been there, you've been there about a year. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's like, I'm on year two. Okay. On year two. On year two. This is year two for me. This is year two. Okay. Fantastic. So this is your second season. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, exactly. This will be my first full season because I came in at basically the start. I missed like training camp last year, but this is my, this is my second season. Okay. Fantastic. So, you know, you, you come in and you talked about some people that have been, you know, mentors to you. You talked about them giving you space to learn. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about kind of building those relationships and also kind of giving people the confidence to allow you to do that. Cause it's a testament to you as well. It's, it's a testament to them for, for recognizing the talent and the potential and all of that but you have the talent and the potential. So that's a testament to you. And so what are kind of tips that you have for, for building and cultivating those relationships? And then the second part of that, and I realize this is a long question, so I could certainly repeat the no, second no, part no. again, I'm, but I'm, the I'm, second I'm, part of that is, as you're, as you are learning and that you now are covering 32 teams, how are you building and cultivating relationships with those people and with those teams when there are so many of them? Great questions. For starters, I'll tackle the first one. Building relationships just with people and and, and within this industry and beyond it. It sounds so corny and it's maybe not, but it's simple. It's just be a good person. And I know that Mm -hmm. sounds like, like, okay, got it. But it's, you know, it's so important. I'm finding this out now so more than ever, how important relationships are. Like it's everything. And Tracy, you know, you see it. You're in the working with the Niners and just traveling and having to talk to players, coaches, GMs, execs, and also just like other reporters, like you need to just build relationships because they, people help you and, Mm -hmm. and you can help them. And I think, um, in order to do so, it's also being a good listener. That's something that I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. learning, like not being a know-it-all. And there's a difference between being a know-it-all and having confidence, you know, I, especially with women, like God forbid, you know, we see plenty of men have confidence and they're not necessarily having the stigma of being a know-it-all, but women, if they have a certain amount of confidence, it's like, whoa, who, you know, who is this girl? Mm -hmm. Um, And I totally disagree with that. Like have confidence, rock the, we need confidence more than ever. Um, But also like be open, be a good listener. And I think that was for me, someone who is in my second year and I'm working alongside so many different people um, and experts who have been in this industry for a, a lot longer than I have, it's just listening and taking their advice. And also, you know, like it is hard when you come into a new place and having so many different people spit out, uh, advice to you. And, and it's, I remember having a, a plenty of anxiety when I first got here, um, which was hard for me to cope with because I'm like, well, who do I listen to? You know, I'm meeting all these different people. Are their intentions right? All, all those questions. But I think it's also just knowing who you are, you know, mm-hmm. like taking in great advice and then also just being confident in who you are. But in terms of building relationships with people, I just think it's being nice. My granddad, mm-hmm. like the, he, he had this saying, uh, you know, people like nice people. And it sounds so funny, but it's like, I think that's really resonated with me because especially here in Los Angeles, it can get hard. It can get fake. It can get, I'm learning this, like Mm -hmm. people will be nice, but are they really nice? And so you have to kind of decipher that, but, um, you control you. And I think as I'm 
you know, being um, moved to different areas. Like I was in Santa Clara with you guys. I've been covering the Rams a lot. Uh, in training camp, I was at the Saints. I'm going back to New Orleans on Monday. So I'm, I'm going to different places. And I'm meeting a lot of different reporters and and just people in general. Maybe that has nothing to do with the NFL. Maybe fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to be kind because th- that's how they view you. And that's, you know, your representation of yourself. And, and people appreciate that. And and that comes back, especially when you make a name for yourself or when you're building your brand or whatever it is, like, how are people going to remember you? Like, oh, I remember I came across Kayla Burton one day and, you know, she, she had an attitude or whatever, you know, people will Mm -hmm. always say whatever, but I just think it starts there. And the second part of your question, Trace, was, um, building relationships within the NFL and and players. And, Mm -hmm. and honestly, it's so funny when I, when I go to these press conferences, right? I I mean, the most recent ones that I've been to, at least in previous years, was Bill Belichick. So it doesn't get more difficult than being at a Belichick press conference. That's for sure. (laughs) That's like a crash course in press conferencing. You want to talk about trying to, you know, figure out the right question to ask is whether it's a winning game or a losing game with Bill Belichick. He's awesome, by the way. Uh, I, I, I just, he's been so good to our family and, and even the, the media there I, I love I can only say great things about it but it's but you you know him like you can get a sense of who he is like he's very concise he's to the point he you know not, doesn't go into too much depth or if you ask a maybe quote-unquote I don't like saying a bad question but uh maybe a, a poor timing question <laughs> like <laughs> he doesn't care so um I believe like you know when I went to these other press conferences, which I still do to this day, at least in the beginning, I think people come in and think you have to ask a question. And I'm not saying you like ask a question. If you have a question that's relevant to your story or whatever you have to do, or if you're just curious, go for it. But I also think like, I'm starting to see, like, I don't need to ask a question just to ask a question or just to get my voice heard. And I think that's, especially when you have a title at NFL network, you almost feel the pressure to ask a certain question. But I think I'm just like, I came into the Niners and I'm watching you guys talk to Kyle Shanahan and talk to Jimmy and, and all these, all these other guys. And, you know, I'm getting a sense of like, okay, what, what's the chemistry between the media and, and the coach right now? Like how, you know, what kind of, so I have to learn. And I think that's what I'm doing. And that also builds relationship. The other thing I'll say is don't be afraid to go up to coaches, players and introduce yourself. I think that if anything is the biggest advantage and just like, it's so respectful for someone to do. Like I have, I used to have fear of that, like at a game. Um, I remember it was Mark Davis. I, I saw him and I was like, no, I'm going to go introduce myself. And this guy has security around him and everything. And I just went right up to him and, and, you know, reject, if they reject you, it is what it is, but he was amazing. He, you know, it was like, nice to meet you. Uh, my sister plays in the WNBA and he obviously owns the aces and was talking about the playoffs and that. But I say this because you just never know. And, and he said, you know, anything you need, you let me know. And, it, and it's just that little, you know, effort that you make to just go introduce yourself, uh, I think is really key. And that's something I'm learning and trying to do more to this day. So there's two things I want to bring up from that. The first one about don't feel like you have to ask a question, just ask a question. I'm really glad that you said that because so my first year on the 49ers beat was 2016. It was Chip Kelly. And that was my first year on any beat. It wasn't like, oh, I had done all these other things and now I'm with the Niners. No, this was my first year 
on any beat at all. And I would say, I think for almost the entire year, I just listened because you talk about chemistry among the reporters and the media, you know, the media and the coaches, et cetera. And, And Chip was in his first year. So we, we got there at the same time, but it still was an opportunity for me to, to listen and to see kind of how things were done. And especially for me, and I may have felt differently if I had come from a different beat, but I'd never been on a beat. I'd I'd been on a beat in college, but I'd never been on a professional sports beat. And I felt like, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to learn. And then towards the end of the season, I started asking questions. I remember the first time I asked the question, Chip Kelly looked like, oh my God, she speaks. Um, but, but, but I think, you know, there was, there was a benefit to that because it helped me gain confidence. It helped me learn. And something that I've seen since is sometimes people will come in, you know, that aren't there every day. They come in for a couple training camp practices or they come in, you know, once or whatever. And you know, I've seen people ask questions to a player and he's not the player he's supposed to ask the question to. Oh yeah, that's tough. That So <laughs> that's I won't, I won't use names, but saying as if he was talking to you and saying, so Tracy, what, what was it like when blah, blah, blah. And then the player said, I'm not Tracy, I'm Kayla. That's awful. That's, I, I mean, I can't, yeah. I mean, I would, you know, that's a, that's a tough one and it happens and everybody makes, makes mistakes, but I would say that if you're coming in new or you're not there all the time and you're not sure, you don't need to ask just to ask. It doesn't, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help anyone. And then that's the impression you make it again. We all make mistakes. We all ask bad questions. That's sometimes I say this a lot on this podcast too. And I say it on on my other podcast. Sometimes we have to ask a bad question because I can't quote myself. So I have to ask a super obvious question because I need the answer from the coach. Or exactly. the play. Exactly. And I don't want to discourage people from not asking questions if you're a first timer in that presser. But Tracy, to your point, I mean, it's so true. Like, you know, I, the other thing that I'm realizing too is I've been in different media rooms and press conferences, thankfully. Um, and I just, there are some, there are certain pressers or media group, groups of media uh, that, you know, cover a certain team and don't help each other. And I'm not saying like you have to go out of your way to go talk to to different reporters and say, oh, what do you, you know, here's this, here's that. But mm-hmm. the, the what impresses me about specifically the 49ers and your media group and, and this media group is the support that is within that media core. Yeah, we're lucky. It's unbelievable. Like there are certain press conferences in certain media areas that just don't even, like it's it's almost like they're trying to, keep secrecy or, you know, like have it, yeah. have it for their own. And, and there's a respect and, and, you know, like there's, there's a professionalism to that. And I get that because you want to have exclusive content. You want to be the first to and factually put something out there. But, um, what I love about the 49ers and the, and the media core that really has stood out to me, the Rams do this as well. Their media is that they're not afraid to be like, you know, if, if you didn't hear Sean McVay, at least with the Rams, like say something. I remember I went up to Gary with the LA times and I was like, Hey, I know you asked this, but what what did he say with this? I, I, my audio didn't catch it. And he mm-hmm. repeated it to me. And I just am like, thank you. You know, like that really goes a long way, like helping someone. And, and I, I would ex- I oh, sorry, love that. And I would encourage young reporters to have that attitude because we're super lucky with the 49ers. And I, I can't speak to other beats, but I think you're right. My understanding is it's not necessarily the norm. I mean, we, I mean, all the times I can text a colleague and be like, hey, for whatever reason, my reporter didn't work. Can you send me? 
the audio and they'll do it. Or even if one of us isn't going to be there one day for whatever reason, and we're working on a story, we can say like, by, would you mind if you have a chance, can you ask about this? You know, if you, if you don't have anything else, or if you get to your second question, can you ask about this? And of course, we're all happy to do that for each other. Like that's, but I say, of course, but it, it's not necessarily of course. And so I would encourage young reporters to have that attitude because there's enough for everybody and, and there should be enough respect on a beat. If I'm asking everybody who comes into a press conference every week, a certain line of questioning, clearly I'm doing a story on that line of questioning. And it is like a respect and courtesy thing for you not to do the story. <laughs> you know, right, like it's, right. very, it's very clear and, and not everyone follows that, but they should. And I think if we kind of teach our young reporters to do that coming in, then there would be more of that. But I am glad you said that about the 49ers beat because we were, I mean, I, I feel like we're so lucky um, and I'm glad to hear it's the same on the Rams. And you would hope that it gets to be more the same right. everywhere. And I think as a result, we have a good rapport with the coaches and the players. Oh, a hundred. You can see that just from when I came in, you guys completely do. Uh, it's awesome. So the other thing that in it, you had spoken about was kind of going back to very early in the pod when you talked about the football coach, you know, at, at your college, taking some time to talk to you at the camera. And then when you went up to Mark Davis and you said people, you know, people do want to help you. And I think that's the thing we forget too. And you can't take things personally. So if someone for whatever reason doesn't have the time or doesn't want to help you, uh, it's not personal. Sometimes things happen and come up and I can tell a story from the other day. And this podcast is not about me, but I think it's helpful. There's a, a coach on the 49ers. I have a great relationship with and know super well. And I was in the tunnel for the game the other day and he walked by and I said, Hey, and waved and he didn't say anything. And he had headphones and I was like, that's weird. And for a minute I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I kind of forgot about it. 15 minutes later, he comes back out he's like, Tracy, what's up? How's your day? And I think like, it's not, it wasn't personal. Nothing to do with me. He had his headphones on. He was focused on something. He was thinking about a play, whatever it is. And I think, I think it's important. And I think it's important not to get discouraged, but people ultimately do want to help. And if you come to people in a respectful way, and ask, and sometimes they can't help you in that moment, but they might say, you know what, now is not good, but can we talk on Wednesday? Right. Can we talk about, and, but don't be afraid to ask because you also are a great living example of how well that has worked out for you and how interesting. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Girl, that's been to your process. 100%. And you just nailed it. Like, you know, there is, especially when you're in this industry, when it is about relationships, it is about communication and having to <laughs> ask the tough questions after a loss or awkward questions or great questions and, and mm -hmm. positive ones. Like we have to do it all. And 
there's an uncomfortability aspect to it. And then there's, you know, you have the coaches or players that you talk to regularly or they're in a mood or whatever it is, or they didn't hear you. Um, and you, you're like, Whoa, like kind of just to your example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you were able to handle it and just understand like, okay, I'm going to keep it moving, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be me. You're not going to, you know, it's not high school drama where it's like, oh my God, he or she's not talking to me for a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he know, mad at me? Right. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, real oh, mad at me. That's what the this coach on game day is right, real concerned exactly. about. But, but, you know, we're human beings and it does sting totally. a little bit. We're, I think the biggest fear, at least I'm going to speak for myself, but when, what I'm noticing when it comes to this industry, and I believe a lot of people can attest to this, is rejection. It's just Absolutely. being rejected. Like people will not ask a question because they're afraid of rejection or you know, like to your point, you'll say hi, they don't say hi back. And it's reject. like, that's just like a human trait that no one wants to experience and rightfully so. Um, but I also think, I mean, personally, what's helped me just being an athlete and I'm saying, I'm not saying you clearly do not have to be an athlete to handle criticism or rejection or any of that, but it has helped me understand like, you know what, no matter what this person says or how they act or or yesterday they were great to me today. They're, they could care less, you know, you got to keep getting better and pursuing on what you need to do. Like you just got to keep a pushing because if you get caught up in the, and, and that goes for, you know, if a reporter said something to another report, whatever it is, it's just kind of tunnel vision, be respectful, be yourself, be kind. But you, if you take it too personally, you're going to get destroyed. I mean, I, because you just will, like it's, People are going to react. They're going to be ticked off. They're going to be, you know, even if it's a great question. And, and you, Absolutely. You know, I think of Maria Taylor and Nick Saban, you know, like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a quote unquote great question. She's awesome. But mm-hmm. she asked, you know, about the quarterback situation and he was just not having it. And that went viral. Like, oh, Nick Saban rejects Maria Taylor. And he went back and, you know, apologized and whatnot. Um, but she, I, what I loved about that video, if it, you can YouTube it. She just went right to the next question. That girl didn't even hesitate to dwell on it, to make a face, you know, and, and I picture myself in that situation. And I think anyone would have tripped up maybe, or been like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. You know, like you just get nervous in that situation, but she kept her professionalism, went on to the next question. And I commend her for that. And I thought that that was a great example of this industry. Um, so look that up if you, if you haven't seen it, because she just handled it like a, like the boss she is. Yeah, she did. It was, it was fantastic. And it kind of also drives home the point that just cause they don't like the question doesn't make it a bad question. So, exactly. and that's, you know, and sometimes you got to ask the tough questions and after a loss or in a losing streak, you got to ask questions that the coach is not going to like, right. And the players are not going to like, and that's just the way it is. And not everyone's going to be happy with you all the time, but they'll respect you if you ask the questions in a respectful way, and if you have a history of doing that, and that's exactly. the important thing to remember. Another thing I'll just add to this real quick is that, like I always say, I mean, it does help being an athlete because you were the one being interviewed before mm-hmm. at a time, but even if you're not, it does not matter if you are, you played sports or didn't, but like, think about if you, this is kind of advice to future, uh, you know, rising reporters and, and et cetera, and sports writers or whatever, or just news people, it doesn't matter. Um, but be in their shoes and see, like, think about what you would answer, you know, like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it has to be the perfect question, but think about what you're asking. Like if someone just lost a game and, you know, and a, it came down to the wire on fourth down or whatever it is, 
Um, and they say, you know, how frustrated are you? Well, like, yeah, but I mean, you also get the point. Like you, you want them to talk, you need, you know, yeah. you're calling, you're calling the elephant in the room. Like, and I, I think I have the toughest time when it comes to asking questions after a loss, because you, you don't want to hit a nerve but at the same time. Like, you, you know, you got to do your job. So it's, it's never going to be perfect, but I would just advise people to be in their shoes and think like, okay, it came down to that final drive. Well, what, where was the miscommunication there? Like that mm-hmm. way they can like talk about. So it's yeah. never going to be perfect, but just try and put yourself in their shoes. I, I would say definitely helps me when it comes to reporting. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. So kind of going back a little bit, you talked a little bit by being at the assignment desk and, and messing up one of the push alerts. Were there any other criticisms that you received kind of early in your career that were difficult, but ultimately were very helpful? Oh, goodness. Were there any? There were plenty. <laughs> plenty. Were there, were there not? I mean, yeah. I, and you know what? I'm, I'm the type of person that I, I love criticism, healthy criticism. Um, mm-hmm. Because, and I know at this point in my life when to flush out what's negative and what's critical. Mm-hmm. And, um, there were like, when I first started out in broadcasting and having to work at the assignment desk of the push alerts, obviously getting called in by your boss saying, I'm, I'll never forget it. She said, this is fireable. Oh God. And yeah, what, what, that's what you love to hear in a, in a meeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to talk about criticism. She said, this is fireable. And she was, she was right. It was fireable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling people to tune into Fox, whatever, or, or CBS, whatever. And <laughs> it wasn't even accurate. And so she wasn't lying. Uh, and you know, people can take that as you can get defensive and say, well, you know, I, you don't notice my great work. You just, cause if you think about it, when, when you have different meetings with bosses and whatnot, there's not a whole lot of praise at times. It depends on where you work. Of course, uh, thankfully NFL network gives plenty of praise and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but you know, you can get defensive. It's easy to get defensive. But I think because I played basketball my whole life and I had coaches that would just be like, what are we doing? You know, I, I've heard all different types of criticism. I flush out the the negative things that does not help me and take the message that is there. And mm-hmm. so that's what I did at the assignment desk was, okay, like you're not going to go on camera until you get this part down. And that's what I started doing. I, was, I, I checked that that push alert 800 times before I sent it out. It's like, uh-huh. I'm going to make sure that I almost sent it to my parents, like double check it. Like I made sure before it was pushed out to thousands of people and they got their notifications on their phone that it was accurate and it started there. And so I take that with me even to NFL network where it is, you know, it's a national platform. What you say, um, it's going to get criticized in, in a second. You tweet something out that's not accurate or or, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's going to get criticized. And so it, it has taught me to pay attention to detail, but to answer your question, Tracy, I think like when it comes to criticism, um, I just have this saying, when you stop, when you stop getting better, you're no longer good. And I mm, think like, I like that, that. that really sits with me. So I, I do practices out loud, um, with my reporting. So for instance, a couple of years ago, I was on every single day uh, the four, the, the four o'clock hour, the five o'clock hour, the six o'clock, the 10 and 11. And so I got all these reps. Well, I come to NFL network and you know, like I'm learning, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, you know, what's it called? Big fish or sorry, small fish, big pond, um, out here. Whereas it was just the opposite a couple of years ago. And I have to own 
my hits and make sure that it's like, there's almost more criticism coming my way because I only get so many opportunities, at least right now, until I continue to build and be on more platforms. But so what I take with myself is look at the hits, like the, the most recent hits that I do, the live hits. And, and when I'm on the desk or in the fields, like we have a coach that helps us critique like where we're at. And there are some points where I'm like, man, I hope he doesn't look at this. Um, but I look at the feedback and I have my notepad and I keep practicing, um, in my spare time, which is just speaking out loud. Like I read a story a day and try to say it 10 different ways or the Mm -hmm. same way or like in a similar sense, but 10 different times out loud. So I, I'm big on criticism, but I, I love it. I almost like probably love it too much. Um, but I also say when it comes to that too, like, know who's criticizing you. Like you can't, because if you take too much criticism, you're going to beat yourself up and it's going to be detrimental. But, um, you know, have a few people in your life that, you know, and you trust that really want you to succeed and want you to be better and, and get feedback from them and then try your best to, to take out the defense mechanism and say, okay, what are they really saying? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I get better here? But if you take the negative criticism, people, because there are people who are out there to hurt you and people who are jealous of you. So I don't want to like, take a misstep there. Like there, you can't trust everybody because some people are going to say, you know, certain things to you that is just really negative, um, or critical. And you're like, you know what? They don't really know me. I'm good. And I've had plenty of people in my life who have been critical of my work or whatever. Like, they don't even know the first thing about me. Uh, like, thank you, but you know, keep it pushing. So. And I think that's the key is knowing, knowing who you should listen to and knowing who you should not. And that's an important thing. I think just about growing in life and in your career is just kind of who are the people that have your best interest at heart and who are the people who just want to be negative to be negative. Exactly. So switching gears a little before we get to day in the life and five fun facts, how have you seen opportunities change and grow for women in the sports industry? And how do you think we can still improve? Great question. I think I've seen it change and grow. You know what? Honestly, since I've been here at NFL Network, I was really curious to see what that would look like, especially being on a national platform. You know, we talk, we hear about ESPN, we hear about NFL Network, we hear about CBS Sport, like all these big time platforms. And now that I'm working in one of them, I'm in it. And, uh, you know, I I wanted to see like, I'm a a woman, a woman of color. You know, I want to see what this is like out here. I'm going to, and I came in with my, you know, walls up. Uh, obviously I'm going to be me and hopefully that's a kind person mm-hmm. and good to people, but I'm also going to have my guards up because I'm going to have criticism in that area. Um, which I have had my whole life growing up, uh, being black. And mm-hmm. so I was curious to see how that would work, especially a woman in this industry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and on the younger side, I, I guess. And so the one thing I'm so pleasantly surprised is how incredible the men, the leaders are here at NFL network. And I don't, I I wouldn't just say that to say that, like, if I, if I really felt otherwise, I'd probably either not say it or just call it out. Mm -hmm. But I'm so impressed with, uh, and I'll give you an example. We just had an internship group at NFL network. And I kid you not, I think the majority, um, were of color and there were a lot of young girls. Okay. I was so impressed that that was the intention is to get more young girls and just people of color in the door and to encourage them and, and encourage us. And I think, um, when it comes to women in sports and how that has grown, 
I'm just seeing even just the conversations, you know, like I, we work with so many incredible uh, people at our network where they've been experts, they, especially when you haven't played football too. Like, I think that's even harder because, you know, like there's going to be criticisms of, okay, well, they don't know it. They haven't been in the sport. They, well, let me, let me say this for all those people who think that there's a lot of men out there that haven't played the sport either. So yes, quite a few. So, so let me just like, you know, I'm going to shut that down real quick. Um, I also, you know, I've never played football. I grew up around football my whole life and you can, I love seeing the woman refs out there today. Um, because you can analyze a sport without having played it uh, to a point, of course, but you know, and I'm not an analyst. I haven't played the sport, so I get that, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm digressing, but what I'll say is I, there's a different level of respect that I think women are getting now and, and in mm-hmm. a positive way. And, um, also like, I, I'm very appreciative of the coaches and the players that when we ask questions, you know, for the most, it's trending in a much better direction. Obviously there's some that, you know, it won't be the case, but, uh, they respect us and they, mm-hmm. they treat us the way they, they treat men. And that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be glaring. It shouldn't even be a thing, but it is, uh, because of how, how long it's not been that way. Um, but I also think it's just, I'm very appreciative of at least the men who, at, that I work with, um, that want to help me and bring me, I mean, they'll, they'll text me. Like I have Andrew Siliano, Steve Weish texting me like, Hey, like think about this when you go to the Rams, like, you know, and, and they're not tweeting it out. They're not putting it on broad, like live and on broadcast or, or put, putting themselves on a pedestal. Like they're just helping right. because they want me to, they, they're encouraging women to, to step up and, and to be who we're supposed to be. Um, but of course there's areas where it's the polar opposite. And I've already experienced that plenty of times here at the network, um, whether it's like certain coaches that have said something or certain players or whatever. And that's hard, but I don't know. I think personally, I grew up in a family and um, also when you're mixed and when you're of color, like I remember being at the free throw line and I had a whole crowd of people yell, spray tan, spray tan. Oh my God, what is the matter with that? Mind you, I was mortified. Well, I... (laughs) I'll say this. I sunk both three free throws. In well, a, that'll in shut them up. <laughs> what's up? What's up? But, um, you know, like I have faced that. And so I block out certain, uh, a certain level of noise because mm-hmm. I've had to, and I'm not saying that that should be justified or that should be the case. Like, no, but I remember having certain moments in my life where I've that whether it's, you know, woman comments or, or, or me not looking black or, or not acting a, a certain way or whatever it was. Like I've had all that. So, mm-hmm. so I'm able to handle it and, and and have two amazing parents that have taught me to, you know, handle it a certain way right? and prepared me for this. So I don't get caught up in the minutia of all of that, but I will say I, I'm very, like, it's stuff like this, like what you're doing right now, these podcasts where it's just telling people stories and, and listening and sh- sharing their experience, but also like I'm pulling for women in this industry, women of color and women in general. Uh, because we deserve to be here and, and we are rock stars with it. It just, and there are men that are rock stars too in this, of course, but, um, it's progressing in a, in a positive way. In my eyes, there's still going to be areas where it's like, man, are we really doing this? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a mix, it's a mix of both, I would say. It definitely is. But I'm really glad that you spoke on that and spoke about, you know, not only be a, being a woman and a woman of color and the things that people say, I cannot pe- believe people chanted spray tan, except that I can't because people are, can just be terrible. Right. And it's just the mindset that thinks this would be a great chant is one I will never understand as long as I live. <laughs> but sinking those three throws, probably that was the end of that. But I'm really... 
that probably did it. But I, I'm really glad that the swishes. That's what I take in a move. I like that. But I, I'm glad that you spoke on that because it's really it, it's important and it's it's we have a lot of areas to improve. A lot. Can I say? Let me say one more thing with say this. whatever you want. This is your podcast. <laughs> this is yours, and I'm honored to be on it. Um, what I am learning, it, it gets more competitive the higher you, you climb, right? And uh, and it gets more for me. I'm seeing women will compete with. There, there's two ways. Women will either choose to com- <clears throat> compete against other women, or they'll help encourage and and lift up other women. I see, and and it stinks. It, it really sucks that we have to be on. We have to have that kind of uh, give or take or, or, you know, two options scenarios uh, because I don't think men have to. There's a comfortability that men have of because they're more accepted in this industry. It just is what it is. Men aren't criticized nearly as much as women are when it comes to talking about the game of football. It's just right. it's just what it is. So it sucks that we have to, you know, deal with that. But it's also how we deal with that. And I think. um if you're a, a, a rising woman in this industry or you are here or whatever it is, like what you're doing, just having a podcast of, of even just, you know, sharing each other's stories and lifting each other up. Like that's what it's about because I have seen the other side of, you know, I'll go into a press room and, and I, I remember getting the job and there are certain women who, you know, will like my Instagram that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm thankful to, you know, move up to, or go to NFL network. And not, there were certain women that went up to me and said, congratulations. And not, and certain women who looked at me, walked right past me. And I'm not saying like, I'm not, I could care less about that, but I just know when it comes to me and and what I, like, it taught me, Kaylee, you better go. If you see someone, you know what they just, that they did and they had an accomplishment, like go congratulate them, lift mm-hmm. women up. Like we need that. And I'll say, since I moved out here and it's like this on the East coast as well, but I've really noticed that NFL network, when I first got here the women that came up to me and, and invited me into this place, MJ, uh, Kirsten, uh, Kimmy, Bridget and I were on the same beat at the same time. Cynthia, okay. like, on and on. They went up to me and said, anything you need, let me know. I got you. And, and let me, you know, whatever it is. And that's what we need more of. It's not this competition thing because it's easy to get caught up with that. But when you lift each other up and say like, Hey, like, Oh, here, here's what, you know, Sean McVay said, you should, you should add this to your report. So good. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we need, you know, or, or like, girl, like, I love that outfit, you know, like, yeah, a hundred percent little things like that. Uh, it, it goes a long way. And I'm noticing that it's, it, you don't have compete with yourself, get better by yourself, but, and it's better said than done. But, um, I have to remind myself of that daily because we do have a different, uh, you know, platform out here and, and it's harder for us, but, but don't make it harder, like support. Right. So, um, that's, that's very true. And the competitive thing, it's just, it's, it's, it's enough. It's 2022. Let's move on. Let's, you know, be there for (laughs) each other. Let's help each other in all ways. It's like, it's enough already. Like, and I think I understand the mindset and I understand why it's that way, but let's change it. Let's change, change the narrative. And all the women you just mentioned are so amazing. Most of them have been on this podcast and you have, you do have an incredible group of women at the NFL network and it's just wonderful to hear how you know you guys are are helping each other and working with each other and not against each other and that's really important. Amen to that. So with that, can you take us through a day in the life of Kayla Burton? Oh God. I was just about to ask you what day is it? <laughs> right. Today is Thursday, but any day you want, you could I pick. guess I guess so for an example, it starts off with that. I wake up and say, what day is it? <laughs> you're in the NFL, your weekends aren't weekends anymore. Exactly. You know, it's just like 
what is life? Um, but I'm so thankful for it. It's, it, it varies each day. So I think what the biggest transition and adjustment was working at a station back in Massachusetts where I knew to come in. It was not necessarily nine to five, but it was like, a, you know, 5 a.m. to one or whatever it was, Monday through Friday. Whereas this is more, okay, you could be on five days. Like you're going to go to the Rams uh, for three days, report there, and then be in studio on Friday. Um, and then go to the game on Sunday or whatever. And then you could have four days off and you have to take advantage of your four days off. It's not a vacation. It's okay. How am I prepping for the other team? So (laughs) each day is so different, you know, like I'm going to, um, the Ravens saints for Monday night football and I'm going to reporting there. So this week I'm not on in studio, but I'm prepping for that. So I think you have to be even more disciplined and cautious of how you use your time because I can coast to Saturday and cram everything in and that's going to be a nightmare. Or I can take advantage being like, okay, like, let me get on these press conferences. Let me, you know, reach out to different players. I have a couple interviews with players coming up later today. So, um, each day is so different, but then just on a normal basis, I got to start with coffee. Like that's just like, yes, (laughs) absolutely. I, I wake up, I get my coffee, I make my eggs. I like my breakfast. Uh, you know, and I, I really, my homework is watching NFL now, good morning football. Um, we have a research team that floods us with information. And, and so I make sure that I check off the boxes when it comes to soaking up all of that. And then just like getting in front of these teams. Like I'm, I'm out here in Los Angeles. I've been covering the Rams. So it's going to the Rams practice. I'm going to go do that later today. Um, because even though I'm covering the Raven saints, like Maybe next week I'm with the Rams, which is what it's kind of been lately. So it's just staying, you know, on top of it, even though you don't know. Like next week, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just say, I just, I just say, listen, I'm, I'm going to go where they tell me, do what you need to do and come prepared. Like, right. <laughs> which is nice because you get to meet different teams, meet different people, go to different places. Like, it's so fun. Um, and at first it was a struggle to not have a definitive role. But I like that it's not necessarily like you're boxed into one thing because you get to experience different platforms. So each day is different, um, but it's how you, it's also, I'm very mindful of how I use my time. I like that. Being mindful of how you use your time is also a great general life and career advice. Not easy. Not easy. No, not easy, but it's important. Well, Kayla, this has been amazing. I have just loved having a conversation with you. And that's just like what it felt like, a conversation and it's just, it's been fantastic. But before I let you go, we are going to have to do five fun facts. And this is something that started with the 49ers players where I interview them and they get to give me five things about themselves that you might not otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everyone the same five questions every week, which has been amazing because we get very different answers. So if you're ready, five fun facts with Kayla Burton. Let's do it. Kayla, what is your favorite moment in sports? Oh, gosh. I'm already stumbling on the first one. <laughs> favorite moment in sports. Uh, for me personally, it was getting to play. This is a personal moment, but getting to play against my sister in college. Oh, that's uh, awesome. We grew up playing together. I played at Lehigh. She played at Villanova. I shouldn't say favorite because they beat us in overtime, but like <laughs> I still had a really good game. Uh <laughs> Well, that's cool. I just think it was neat how it came full circle. I had my family there. It was me playing against my older sister and I had to guard her in the game, which it was just really cool. I mean, seeing it come full circle. So uh, 
I mean, obviously there's the other favorite moments when it comes to, you know, like historical moments and beyond just my personal life, but on a personal level, yeah, I would say that. What's your life motto? Life motto. You know, I have a new one. Okay. And I saw it recently. So my original life model is what I said earlier in the podcast. Um, when you stop getting, well, I don't know if I said this, but it's when you stop getting better, you're no longer good. Mm-hmm. That's what I like, but I have a new one that I'm taking on and it's, uh, just get the first down, like get the first down. So I like that. That's, that's my motto. Get the first down. Don't worry about, you know, move the chains, get the first down. That's kind of, don't worry about getting in the end zone, all that stuff. That's how I'm, I have that written on my uh, office desk right now. I love that actually. <laughs> what is your go-to workout? Oh, well, I was, a, I'm, I'm a washed up athlete now. I mean, before it was waking up at five and in the morning and making, you know, hundred inside shots, 153. So I don't do that anymore. And I'm very happy to not do that anymore. Incredible. I do workout. I, I'm a runner. I, I, I do like, I try to average like three to four miles, whatever, like four times a week. And then I'm hitting the weights. Like I love lifting. I used to hate lifting. So trying to work out like three to three to four times a week. That's, that's kind of what, that's like my daily route. I need to do it. It's like my mental piece. So that that's the go-to. What is your go-to coffee order? Okay. It is, uh, I like a vanilla latte. Okay. Uh, as you get older, I can't do the whole caramel macchiato all the time because it's just too many toppings. But I would say I wake up. I I'm big French press girl. I okay. make my own coffee. I, I blend it. And then I gotta, I gotta go with the cream. I'm sorry. I, I know too. we have the almond milk, the oat milk, God bless all the healthy people, but I'm a cream girl and you gotta have like the frother with it. So that that's my go-to. You know what? And I am with you, my ha- half and half. I'm not giving it up. I work I out. I hate when people say like, oh, you want almond? Because you just feel like you need to say yes. But I'm like, no, I want. No, I'm like, no, I want half and half. I mean, I, I work out all the time. I, I relatively yeah. dif- disciplined. I'm like that. I'm not giving up my half and half. I'm just I'm not doing you. it. Oh, and I do the same thing. I make my coffee. I froth it. And it's just fantastic. So I'm so glad that you, and it's funny. You also mentioned caramel macchiatos. That's my number one treat. Like when I, I have a coffee so treat, it's a caramel macchiato. So it's so funny. Uh, and last but not least a book. Every woman should read. Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, I actually didn't think of this one. So forgive me on this. A book. Every woman should read. I, I, I would say I've been reading outliers. I don't think it's a book that every woman needs to read. Um, well, I that's okay. it could just be your book recommendation. Yeah. I would say outliers. I've been, I've been reading that. Um, uh, and I think it. Just, I, I'm, I'm a type of person that likes the getting better, like a book that's going to help you get better each day or, mm-hmm. or challenge you. I also like the, the fun, you know, non either fictional kind of rom-com kind of books or whatever. But in terms of like progressing with life, I would say, oh, Outliers or Michelle Obama's book. I read that one. And I lo- if, if we're talking about every woman should read Michelle Obama's book, I flew through it and I thought it was incredible. So I would, uh, that, that, but that's just like a woman in power kind of book um, that I really enjoyed and leaving politics out of this. I just thought, you know, she's a strong woman in this world. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I a great would, book. And, those two. and I would also encourage everybody to listen to audiobook it because she does it. It's her voice and it's kind of amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I'll so, go yeah. with that too. Um, Kayla, thank you so much for joining me today. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. Tracy, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. I love what of you're course. doing and it's such an honor. So thank you. 
Instagram. I'm like, what's my Instagram? It's K-A-Y-B2, K-B2. Uh, don't ask me why. It's just that. <laughs> uh, Twitter handle, you're going to laugh. It's K-A-Y underscore breezy 22. That's a long story for another time. I might. <laughs> I had an eighth grade boyfriend who gave me a rap name, K Breezy. He I love didn't it. say, but the name stuck. So really appreciate you, Malcolm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> K underscore Breezy 22. Uh, Facebook, you know, Kayla Burton. And I'm looking at the company slash title, just Kayla Burton at NFL Network. But otherwise, yeah, just hopefully I'm one of those. And I'd love to follow you guys back. But any questions anyone ever has, don't hesitate to reach out, message, email, anything. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Tracy, for real. Absolutely. Thank you. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know that you do, you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.